Hi and welcome to another episode of the Getting Things Done podcast from GTD Nordic. I'm Morten Røvik and I'm here as always with my good friend and colleague Lars Rotskill Hendriksen. Anjong Lars. Hello Mr. Morten. Happy to be back and looking forward to doing another episode with you. If you have not listened to the podcast before, our goal is to support you in learning GTD or becoming even better GTD so you can experience the benefits of GTD. And we really hope that you find these episodes valuable regardless of how experienced you are with GTD. And as always, if you'd like a refresher or be introduced to the basics of GTD, we recommend you go back and listen to episodes one through six of this podcast. Yes, today's episode is uh, listener questions, and we have a couple of them, but maybe we should just cover something we just recently did, Lars. We have just returned from GTD Summer Camp in Denmark. That is true. Maybe you have not returned from Denmark because you are in Denmark, but I returned from Denmark, and it was really, uh, you know, the, the GTD enthusiasts of the Nordic region. And we were people from Denmark, Norway, Sweden, uh, Iceland, uh, and Estonia. Am I missing something? And Germany. And Germany. The the, the Norwegian living in Germany, Kenneth. So so we had representation from a lot of different countries. So you were certainly not the only one who had to travel to to get back home, travel across borders to get back home. But yeah, it was such an inspiring weekend. So much fun. Great to hang out with uh, with GCDers, always the the nicest people. Uh, great uh, speeches in there, a lot of food for for thought and an overall very positive feedback that we got in the evaluation. So uh, that will not Indeed. be the last time that we do that. No, and uh, if you are interested, I'm sure that there will be some information somewhere soon. Um, if you are interested in, uh, you know, we are not going to to. Um, hinder you come if you're not from the Nordic region. So if you want to come next year, which then the, the summer camp will actually be in the summer because of Corona, it was a bit postponed. And uh, I'm sure there will be um, some information soon regarding this. But do you have an idea of where people can go if they're interested, Lars? We don't have a, a specific website or page on the website for this yet, but we'll be sure to mention this in the podcast in the future episode once we have something ready for sure. Yeah, and I'm sure if you want to have a little sneak peek and uh, you want to uh, try your Danish, you can become a member of the Danish uh, GTD group uh, on uh, Facebook. Um, What's the name of the the group again? GTD Masterminds Denmark. So Denmark, but with an A instead of the E initially. So that's where you'll find a lot of the, the Danish GTD community there hanging out, discussing tools and tips and tricks and all kinds of things. So yeah. feel free to join us there. But yeah, I don't know how well the, the translation feature on Facebook works now, but yeah. it's getting, worth to give it a try. It's not too bad. And if you're you're hungry for participating, it's, it is an enthusiast's deep dive into GTD. And, uh, you know, we did um, contributions from the trainers who were there. Um, um, I did something on Horizons of Focus that was well received. And uh, it is just a way to hang out with people and enjoy, you know, nerdery. And uh, for your information, this is uh, low cost. It's not, and we, you know, everyone who goes pay for their own, you know, trip. The trainers go there on their own machine. We don't get paid when we do this. So maybe if you're interested, this might be for you. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, we, uh, we hope you'll join us for sure. Yes, and with this little information uh, out of the way, um, can you get us into the listener questions? Can you maybe read one? <laughs> we can get started. Happy, happy to do that. So we picked out uh, two questions. Again, thanks to those of you who send us the questions. We capture all of them. They go into our uh, podcast uh, planning document. So we have them all listed here, and we pick a couple every now and then when we decide to do a listener questions episode. So uh, this one we got from Bill, uh, and Bill said, uh, he sent us a, a nice email. Uh, he said he started listening to the podcast after reading about it on the GTD Reddit forum, and falling off the GTD wagon, and he's trying to get back on, especially because things have gotten much busier at work, and he needs to just become more organized. And one aspect where he has been struggling lately is projects. So he... he um, you know, writes in his emails that he knows that they're defined as things that have more than one next action associated. But thinking about it from the other side, how how about being too broad? And it, as, as many of you know, it is a very broad definition. So he uh, gives a couple of examples of being a corporate controller at a large company. And there could be a project like that saying, you know, um, obtain financing from a new bank. And there are many many tasks, many next actions that go into that mm. single project. And many of them could be done concurrently. So it might be difficult to decide on the fly because they all basically need to be moved along together. So maybe that means I really need to have many sub-projects and tasks. And he gives a, a couple of examples on, on what that might look like. And then he says, how do you both handle projects like this that have many pieces that all need to be moving forward uh, at the same time? Because they often involve various stakeholders uh, that need to make progress together to meet a deadline. And says that he could probably have 20 next actions he could do, be doing at any given time, all from his laptop or from the, from the office. Hmm. And lastly, he says, I know I would need to prioritize the next action myself. So this is more of a question of the best way to organize and keep track of these actions. One big projects list with 20 next actions or broken into smaller sub-projects where I can scan the sub-projects and get them into smaller chunks. It might not make a big difference, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. Thank you, Bill Taggart from the United States. Well, thank you, Bill, for your question. and. Uh... Um, uh, you know, there is many ways you can attack this, uh, but if he, and um, let me just give you my two cents overview of this, is that if you are go working on a very broad project, you will make slow progress on a wide front. So I talk about the combine harvester in some of the episodes before. But if you if you spread your resources too thin, you will you will just tick off next actions, and you you know you will go around the. For those of you who are on the video on YouTube now, you will see I, I tick things off in in um, on on the same level, and you will move things slowly f- towards completion. But if this is the so that might not not be the the most efficient way to do the things because it will take a long time before you finish something. But so yes, and I would if I if this was me, I would have some sub projects there um, for for ensuring that uh, I make progress on things that can happen in parallel. Often uh, projects that we are working with. Uh, are sequential, which means that task A must task A or next action A must be finished before B and C and D, so they are sequential. But in when you have um, and they especially if they all um, happen on the same 
context and in the same context, the same arena for where you will make them. Like, yeah. And then it will make sense to, to have them one place. But when you have then different sub-projects that can move forward in parallel who are not dependent, dependent on each other. So sub-project A and sub-project B can move forward uh, without, yeah, let's say, without interruption. They don't, maybe B must be mm. finished before you start C, but that's not important as long as you have A and B running at the same time. So so my my suggestion here would be to move uh, in and out the different sub-projects for the big projects, uh, in and out of focus using the, um, uh, you know, you can make a category for them or a folder for, for those you are not moving forward, that's project on hold. So make a category for them. So, and the, the, my only reason for talking about is this: that you know that if you are going too wide, you are going too broad, you're going too slow on each project. You will never have that. Ah, I finished something. You, you, mm. you're you're patting your shoulder and say, "Hey, I'm finished." And and I don't know. I think the most of us, when we are we are most people that I know of, are our own bosses. You know, you're responsible for what you need to do. And maybe you have a boss who are good at, uh, you know, slapping your shoulder when you do something good. But most of us um, need to slap our own shoulders to so make sure that you get that, so that you get a kind of the wins you need to get. So don't go too broad. Would be my my perspective on it. What's your perspective, Lars? Yeah, no, no, I really like the question because it's 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 something that's good to talk about and and reflect on in your own gtd practice and i think you know many are a bit hesitant to create too many projects hmm. and uh, i might be saying that aloud because that might also apply to me <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just such a, a silly way to to hide your own workload from yourself and that's at least one aspect of it hmm. um and then i you know the the example that i that i often give and, I, and you know we see it in the seminars where people uh had one in the most recent seminar in uh, um, about uh, less than a month ago now, and uh, you could clearly see that. So this is a project in GCD, and then he sat down and he was building his own system. And uh, we had this uh, workshop session, and I walked around and we sat down and had a look at his system. And he had written down KDE X4. That was his project, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. And that's because that was a project in their organization. So that was, you know, his his starting point. But often these these projects are so much more complex. Just just like Bill says, that there there are so many more moving parts in these, and mm. and like you said, there are many different reasons for why we want to have that that full list of projects, um, so you can move forward on them concurrently, but also to make sure that you don't miss any. That that's mm. uh, you know, um, when you just have that one big project and you have maybe not even not twenty, but just five next actions. That's that could be an indicator of that there are some sub projects in there, not necessarily five, but there are some things that that, that they have separate you know finish lines for different parts of that bigger project. And we certainly want to be sure that you don't miss any of those because what happens is ah oh, yeah I got that one done, checked it off, and then the phone rang. And then you yeah. forgot to capture the next action in that one. Mm -hmm. What's going to keep you going towards that finish line is if you have a project defined for it. Mm. So it really, um, you know, I, uh, I'm, it's, it's so nice to take these bigger projects. I had one of the other example from a seminar was because we actually had uh, two participants who both had the, the same project overall, at least. They, they needed to launch a new website. 
Hmm. And one person was a website developer or had done it many times. So there was just, it was really literally just a project for, for that person launch this new website. For another person who was sort of a, uh, you know, um, um, I was going to say multitasking. That's not the right the right word, but one who had, let's say, a project assistant who was involved in a lot of different projects had a lot of uh, small projects uh, on on her own list as well, and um, that project for her was not just to launch her website because there were so many moving parts that she was not comfortable and did not sort of know them off the of her of experience what needed to happen so it was really we need to get all the texts uh, revisited and translated we need to find new pictures for this we need to solve the technical challenges there were really a lot of smaller projects for her in that big project so both of their lives really had the same goal, but the way they got there and the corresponding GCD system was just very different. So the way you use this, and it, I thought this was also a good way now to, for the listeners now listening to, to just as part of maybe your next uh, weekly review, or if you want to reflect uh, later today to just run through that project list and, and make sure that they actually encapsulate where you, where you want to be and that you have all, all the moving parts captured. Hmm. Yeah, well, to to um, this is you know just remind people that the basic of uh, getting things done, project and uh, next action is that um, the project has a desired outcome, what you want to be true in the future here, and um, then you have next actions um, based um, that is born from these projects. So make sure that you are moving on the most important things and uh on that project so so we we suggest also that you will only use one next action per project per context which means that if you need to take a phone call and send an email and they can they are not in, interdependent of each other so that they don't need to be sequential they can be parallel and and they are on two different arenas one is on the phone and one is on the yeah on your computer then that's fine and that's not a problem um but uh, the problem here is that if you have too many active projects with too many next actions on the same context, you, that leads to overwhelm because there is like 200 things I can pick from. Mm. So, and we don't like overwhelm. We actually, I, I, I hate it. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> you know, I want to have freedom. I want to have the feeling of mastery. I want to feel, feel good about my work. And the only person who can do something about that is me and uh, how I plan and look at things. And when you renegotiate something off a list, uh, it's not forgotten and you still feel good about it, but it's just not active anymore, for instance. Hmm. So I come back to my idea of um, when you use, um, uh, if you have a, you know, the big project could be, let's try to make it a little tangible for people, maybe, I don't know. Let's let's play with a, with a, um, um, uh, you know, uh, a scenario. So let's say that you are headed, uh, you're, you're tasked with moving your uh, 200 people big office to a new location. So let's pretend that you already found the location. So what's, what is left and you've, uh, you've signed the contract. So what's left is refurbishing, uh, furniture, uh, infrastructure, and uh, what you call the onboarding or you know getting people from migration <laughs> from the old to the new office so and these are huge projects you know if you want to move 200 people um, you really have to think 
and maybe one of these these projects are you know are going to be um, for instance you know infrastructure refurbishing and infrastructure will be then in the same category because uh, refurbishing means that you have to paint the walls and maybe infrastructure is about you need to have cords for you know you have to have network cables in the uh, and uh, whatnot make sure that you have enough electricity in the meeting rooms making sure that they are this is the most functional part maybe you have to have infrastructure maybe you must have like um, a cctv system maybe you need a alarm system and all of this is tied into you know the um, I'm, I know I'm, I'm overwhelming myself just thinking about this. <laughs> That's why it's so important getting it, getting it out of your head. But if you think about it like this, um, there's a lot of moving parts and they are sometimes together and sometimes not. But the idea is that you can, you can think about furniture and you can you know, do actively something about um, you know, the furniture in the, um, in the, the, in the office. Um, before you decide on, um, you know, how it's going to look, how it's going to feel, what's the paint color, what's, you know, and the infrastructure. So to make sure, but but if you put all of these projects active at the same time, make sure you don't have any other project at the same time, which mm -hmm. is probably not going to happen because you do have some other project. That's why it's so important to make sure that when you make sub-projects that you can move the sub-projects out of your focus so you don't have to work on this this week or next week but maybe the week after so yeah. what, what how would you attack that move office yeah i think no idea? I, I completely agree with you and and maybe also worth adding when we talk about these more complex projects that that you may need also traditional project planning involved in yeah. this it might be that there is a an ms project plan somewhere where you mm. have all these moving parts and, then, and stuff yeah exactly and then yeah. then it would be great to maybe pick the if you're involved in that project maybe pick the deliverables off that list define projects for them in your own gcd system and then make sure that they move forward mm. while you still have that big overview coming from the the ms project plan so it could be mm. that other tools are available for for this to to support you in this Mm. And then, and you, you you started touched lightly on it. I just want to go back to one phrase uh, that he also added in his email. In the above scenario, I probably had 20 next actions I could be doing at any one time and mm. all from my laptop at home or the office. Mm. So how do you then then choose from, from that list? And he, he sounds like he, he knows his GCD, but just to, to remind everyone that, you know, this requires a review. This requires the, mm -hmm. the weekly review to make sure that you run through these, that you that you understand what, what needs to be moved on and maybe what needs to be put on hold or what, what can you then choose from when you sit down to actually do the work, uh, the planned work that you've set aside for yourself. Mm -hmm. So the, the whole idea here is that when you engage, which is the, the fifth step of the five steps of getting things done, is that you, you, when you move on something, you should feel good about what you, what you decided to do something. You should trust your choice that what I'm choosing to do now is the most important thing. And, um, and that can be a daunting uh, task, just choosing what to do. Um, we do have some limiting criteria, which helps you to, to, to choose this. But even then, if you, if you have given yourself too many active, both projects and next actions, uh, just choosing can be, you know, taxing, and um, yeah. that's that's why I'm saying narrow your scope by using projects on hold or sub projects on hold for making sure that you are not overwhelming yourself into choice. Because choosing should be done by 
the limiting criteria. So maybe you will walk us through the limiting criteria, Lars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, certainly. So, so just to refresh uh, everyone's memory or introduce it if you are new to GCD. So, when you have your lists, when you have your lists of, of next actions, in in theory, you could have them on one long list. But obviously, as you capture everything that's going on in your work and life, uh, that would be a rather long list. So, we tend to split them into context, meaning uh, where you are physically or what tools or people are available to you. So, we'll have a computer list, a uh, phone phone calls list, uh, uh, agendas list for stuff I need to talk to Morton and my wife and other important people about, things like that. Um, and that's the first of the limiting criteria, it's context, where what can you actually do from that list? So, the, so sorting the, the next actions by those types of lists uh, will help you make that, uh, that decision. Mm. Can you next give up a couple of examples of lists, just like physical? Yeah, so, so like I said, so computer list or agenda lists or calls list or Anything yeah. like like that could okay. could be uh, mm. could be um, next actions list as a starting point. As listeners uh, might know from previous episodes, there are many ways to customize those, but let's leave that that out for for now. Mm. So the next limiting criteria is time available. So how much time do I actually have? Uh, you know, when when do I need to leave, or when do I need to go to my next meeting, or some other time constraint that you might have? That'll help you sort through the list of what you can actually do. And lastly, the energy available, the resources. What do you actually have to to um, the energy to to work with now? Um, and as I mentioned, I had a, had a webinar earlier this morning for a, um, a large company, and then we were were gathered there and, and, and talking about this. And especially this energy component, I think, is so so interesting for people when they have the option to choose. Obviously, if you have four deadlines and they're all due at the end of the day, this is not the time to reflect on on fifty seven next actions to figure out what you want to do. But when you have the choice, it's so interesting to take this into consideration, so you can be productive if you want to based on that that energy level. Oh, I think I lost you. So the question is, did uh, I you did you? not uh, lose me? I muted myself because I understand there's a, I have a computer working a little overtime, so it's, it's a fan <laughs> blowing. I don't know if you can hear that, but um, uh, I'm just taking the mute option for <laughs> making sure that doesn't hit our recording. No, um, yeah, well, I was going to say, um, uh, regarding to the. The, um, when you are cho choosing something, um, it might be a good idea that when you, I'm just saying that, and this is when you do use the limiting criteria, I found that it might be beneficial for you that you choose what to do. Let's say that you look, look at the calendar, that's the first place you look in the morning. What to have I? What's my hard landscape look today? And and then if you find some some you know weird time as David Allen will call it, you know the open spaces of time where you can choose what to do, um, and you decide, ah, oh, I want to make something from my lists there. It might be a good idea when you're fresh in the morning to just choose a couple of things or as many as you think you can fit into that uh, so that you, you put that on a you know in Microsoft to do it will be my day and there, you know the soft focus so that when I have time what do I do today and then the choice is made for you unless something happened in between mm. because choosing is really hard it yeah. takes it could be really hard and that's why the limiting criteria are there to help you navigate that decision so by where am I? What do I have? What tools do I have? And then what time is available? And what's my energy level? And what gives me the highest payoff? 
to, to choose right now, then maybe that is a good choice to do in the morning because in the afternoon maybe you're spent and you will yeah. end up doing something completely different. You know, Googling five things I didn't know about productivity <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, and I, and I recognize that and I mentioned that as well in the webinar. These were, mm. you know, very highly skilled professionals, 100 leaders and managers from many different countries. But I still was, you know, honest and said, I, I don't want too many things on my list. You know, if, mm. if I need to make a choice, we need to boil that list uh, list down and make it make it easier for me. And then hopefully mm. I'm able to take that into consideration when I try to, uh, to get an idea of what I want to get done for the day. Mm. Should we try and move on to question number two? I hope, Bill, you are satisfied with our Let's long so. answers here. <laughs> so, hope that helped uh, shed some light on it. Yeah. Um, the other one we got was from Australia. So uh, it said, uh, hi, Morten, I've just got back to placing an, an order for some more. I'm guessing that was in relation to another talk. And he says, uh, I've been practicing for deep. I have been practicing GCD for over 10 years now and a regular listening for your podcast. The episode on fitness goals was particularly useful as it gave me some great ideas for how to best use GCD to learn song as a guitar player. Great to hear that. man. I suggest a topic for a future podcast. What is some of the best practices on managing support material through note-taking apps? Uh, he gives uh, one note as an example versus separate documents such as Word, Excel, Etc. Pros, cons, tips, etc. And he finishes off his emails by saying, "Being Friday afternoon in Australia, I'm just about to start my weekly review. Yay! Mm. <laughs> All the best from Matt." Mm. I think Matt, what he refers to in the beginning of his email is that he, uh, if I'm not totally mistaken, he bought some more notepads for his Capture Wallet uh, at CaptureWallet.com, which was today's <laughs> little commercial. Uh, no, um, yeah where to start on this we have just been nerding with um, uh, people in Denmark and we know one of them are really into uh, uh, note taking and note making and um, or go from note taking to note making um, and uh, high, uh, you know very high, highly engaged into you know the reference system part of, of things and um and let's try and keep this a little simple because it's uh, uh, it doesn't seem like like Matt has a very complex system at the moment. So not let's not get too bogged down into a lot of different software and such. But, but what, what if I understand his questions correctly? He's asking about um, the what's the pros and cons for for using a file folder versus um, uh, something like OneNote or Evernote. I think it's actually even more simple than that. It really is whether we want to put everything into one system, such as OneNote, mm. or whether we want to have separate documents, such as, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Word documents for each of the meetings that you attended. I think that it, it may be even back to, to that. Okay. Uh, so maybe just to take a quick step back, just to define mm. this uh, support material that he, he mentioned. So for those of you who haven't come across it before, support material is material that you need to either complete an action or mm -hmm. complete uh, a project or have a support material for you when you walk through this project. So coming back to Bill's question, you know, that uh, big MS project plan of all of his activities uh, or the big project that he's involved in, or your mm -hmm. example, Morton, with mm -hmm. the, the big moving process, that big project plan might be support material. I have some
from uh, Next Action to uh, read some uh, contracts for a, a new company that we're working with. We need to, to, I need to go through those. I have that Next Action in my system. The support material, the, the Next Action says, read the, the first document from this, this client. Um, and that exact document is in my support folder. So that's mm. where, where I have that, just to, to define the support material. Mm. So, so if we, I'm going to look into them. You know, let's. I suggest we start with files and folders um, and documents. Is that you can uh, build uh, a system uh, in, with files and folders. Uh, that is not a problem. Um, but you need to build a logical structure, and uh, you have to be very adamant on folder naming and file naming. That's mm -hmm. at least my my two cents on this and um, uh, and the reason being is because if you use our reference system it should be very easy to find whatever you put in there um, and, the, and and the big pro for this is that it's very portable as long as you have it as some files and folders well it could be that your your if you use word that might maybe some time in the future the file format will change and you have to you know port your um, your Word documents, not that I think that's very likely because it's kind of like a universal standard become. Um, but it is very easy to, it makes the system portable. It's very easy to move from your, you know, OneDrive to, to um, Google Drive or whatever um, you use. Uh, easy to take with you. Um, the, 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 maybe the, the only con I can find as such is the is that it is not very easy to link things together at least if you want to have the portability if you go from a Mac you can make aliases I don't know how well they carry over to to um, uh, you know the Windows world um, mm. where you make a, a virtual copy of a document in another folder so if they, you have different folders for different projects and you know you have two documents that actually do uh, tie together uh, even though they're in different folders it's very difficult to create that link between them um, at least if you want to move at a later point and have that options and uh, as I see it also the, the Evernote, OneNote um, you know everything bucket I think the, the Evernote was the name <laughs> it says a tagline the everything bucket um has a assists you know the it's the the, the big uh, con there it's it's not very easy to get things out of evernote it's um you can export you know folders or books as they call them i think them call them books i don't remember as i'm just migrating away from evernote myself not into onenote but into devon think as um you know a long term trial um, but the, the you know when you put it into DevonThink, OneNote, Evernote, or that like it's um, it is easy to to get things in there, and you can put photos, you can put um, uh, documents, your own notes, you can put like everything in there, and you can tag it, and you can make connections between different notes. You can you can create a very dynamic structure, but the problem is that you it's stuck there you're stuck into that system that ecosystem what would you say about this Lars do you have any do you agree or do you think I'm I think you covered it all thanks everyone for coming and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry 
<laughs> but no, but no, but that that really is that really is the case. You know, the mm. the, the pros for the file structure it makes it easier to to just create it and dump it, and there you have that long list. It does require, like you said, some some good standards for naming conventions, so you can more easily find these these kinds of things. Um, from a practical perspective, um, I for my support material, I'm using OneNote as well mm. the, the one that matt uh, that matt mentions works really well for me again with the flexibility that it has with with adding files and linking and everything and it's you know it, it could be done in a word document there is no no specific reason that i have that but i know where to go it's just a you know a habit for me i've been, been using it for many years now and with the the portability and synchronization across all mm. of my different devices both mac and pc just as mm. a a good choice for for me so i i stick with one note and, and i'm and i'm happy with it yeah then i'm sure we're going to have a lot of or people emailing us about this so let's nip it in the butt before it becomes that because if you are using and uh, any of these legacy systems like OneNote, Evernote, or DevonThink, they are you know at least evernote and OneNote could be linked to your corporate um you know profile so how do you get if you put something in there how do you get it out if there is of, of personal nature um, or let's say you change role into the same group of companies um, you, you are inside you want to carry whatever you, you created from before and you don't want to lose it and uh, just the portability like this is also not very easy so but you know one not better than me Lars. you've been using it uh, more extensively than I have ever had so how how would you how would you go about um, migrating something from? from yeah, no, it's a it's a good question, and I actually have very specific experience with that and the pains of what you've just described. Because, as you know, we transitioned in the Nordic from having our own uh, separate account. So I had what Microsoft considers a, a personal account, even though it was for for business. And then we moved into the the, the business account instead. And it turns out that there is actually, as far as I can tell, and listeners, please tell me if I'm wrong, I could not find a way to get the tools to export properly from a personal account and into a business account. Hmm. So I've actually had to, uh, I'm just uh, in the process of cleaning up my my old OneDrive account and I'll have to keep them there because there is no nice and easy way to to migrate them, them in as far as I could tell. There are hmm. OneNote importers, but then they only work for the personal one and not for the business one. And I've tried a lot of different things. So so please feel free to correct me out there if yeah. I'm, I'm wrong. We'll put in a, a note in a future episode. But yeah, that, hmm. you're absolutely right. That can be one of the, the challenges. Hmm. Um. If you are going to go for a folder structure, I just want to give a, you know kind of my two mm -hmm. cents on on how to do that. Um, what I would do is I would start with two that you know if you are doing this and you want to encapsulate everything in one um, you know in one folder structure, I would start with two folder structures, uh, two, two folders at uh, the, the bottom level, which I call Square, which is um, you know personal and uh, professional. Um, and then under personal and professional, I would suggest you might want to consider using your areas of focus and accountability. So, for instance, everything that has to, you know, personal and has to do with economy, if that's your your uh, your responsibility, then put it in the economy folder. Make projects for maybe for electricity, for 
you know, um, apartment, I don't know. You, you decide what folders you need. But when you build that core structure, don't go overboard, don't make it too, you know, too, uh, too complex to start with because that's always a problem. It could be a problem down the road. And then when you give names to files, and this is where things are getting interesting, is that you need to, or I, my suggestion is that you have to be very um, mindful of the future. And what do I mean with that? Is that you need to think about, what do I need to think about in the future? If I ever going to find this document again, how can I find it easily? So my suggestion is that you start with... Um, uh, the the year dash month dash day that you file this document, and then uh, what is this F regarding what or who from or who made this? So, for instance, twenty twenty one dash zero nine dash twenty one. I receive um, contracts regarding. Um, coaching with uh, Mr. X from Company Y, and if this is the then then I can search on the date, or I can search just on what happened in September 2021, and I will just make search for 2021-09. I will find all the documents I have in my folder structure with this, uh, or I can search for the the client. Um, um, name, or I can search for the company name, or I can search for the the type of document, which is the contract, coaching contract. Makes it. But I very, guess that uh, is more for the reference material and less so for the support material. Or do you also use the structure? Uh, yes, I do. I same with support okay. material, just for make okay, sure that I can find it. And um, well, it, it depends if there's a short project. It's not many different documents in there. I don't I don't change the name but for for just for you know because support material can become um reference material after the project yeah, is finished so yeah. so then you have don't have to do the job twice mm, yeah and point. um and I use a snippet for that uh, to help me create the name of the uh, with a snippet I mean there, there's a text expander snippet for those of you who don't know what that is that is a utility they they, are, they have uh, alternatives on the on the windows side but this is mac only uh, where i can then create a question for myself where i'm asked all the questions to create that file name so i use that it's called text expander one word uh, if you want to look into that on the mac um do, do you remember there is a windows version as well isn't it uh, do you i do believe there is yeah but yeah. I don't know the more, no. more details about it. But if you search for Text Expander uh, for Windows, I'm sure you will find something. I think that was the search term I used before to find this information. But so, but um, just for making sure that you are um, thinking about what what is the you know what am I going to use this for? It could be that it could be just a date email from Bill regarding X. Um, with uh, and then, but if you have instead of having like a scan, that's called scan xx four five three two one dot pdf. Give it a name that it deserves, so you can find it after. You don't have to look at through, especially if you have a lot of different documents in the same folder. If it's support material, still easy. Should be easy for you to find. And um, you know you can do uh, command space on the Mac, or I think it is. Um, 
just uh, I think you can just do the f the Windows key on and then just start writing okay. on 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 a on a on a Windows machine to find your f files and folders, and if you make this more or less. Yes, intuitive as it needs to be for you so you can find things again and flexible enough so you can move things around without things breaking. That's yeah. what I'm suggesting. Mm, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. I keep mine in uh, in OneNote, like I mentioned. I do, I do separate my reference from my support material so that I have a... Uh, actually, in, in, in our setup, we have, I have a section for support material for my projects. Uh, one of my wife has one, and we have one for shared projects as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have this as sections, and in that section, we have uh, I have my pages for each of the, the projects where I have some information that I consider to be a support material. Mm. Um, so it could be, you know, notes for uh, next time we uh, we were, we're printing some some new course materials I have mm. in here. Um, I have some songs I want to play with the boys on the piano, so <laughs> that's mm -hmm. that's that's also in here. I have some um, what I call in my own little GTD uh, version here called called ongoing support material. So for things that are really it's really support material for areas of focus. Mm -hmm. um, so it's uh, things like that with. Um, the newsletter. I want to keep a good, nice overview of that when, mm. when I so I know which topics to to bring up uh, next time. Um, pay related stuff, uh, days off, things like that. It's all it's all captured in here as well in a mm. on a separate um, separate page too. So mm. wherever you keep it, I mean, as long as you keep it, as long as it's easy for you to get to across the mm. different devices that you work from, um, yeah, really to yeah, whatever works for you. Mm. Both Lars and I are incredibly lazy. Uh, I know because I've known this this person for a long time. <laughs> and but so so the, and and the, what we, we we do not want to spend a lot of time um, maintaining maintaining a structure that doesn't work. So so we've been looking for you know we're, we are all always looking for how can I make this a little easier for the future me. Yeah. You know how can I find my stuff when I need to find my stuff? If you ever you know, found yourself not remembering the name of something and then, then this something and then how do I how do I find this information again? And then just to, to create a structure for yourself that makes it easy for the future you to find things when you need it. That's the reference, um, you know, thinking. And then for, for project support, it should be also easy to find, easy to... Um, when you are, when you need it for for your project, I need uh, this PDF to answer this email. Okay, how fast can you find that PDF? And mm. use that as a standard for how you create your system. And yeah. you know, we are just suggesting things there that we've found to work, and uh, mm. maybe you'll find and them some you, beneficial. Mm. Some of you may also just have your support material in your. The task manager in your list manager. So I, mm -hmm. in, in some cases, that's the case for me as well, that yeah. there are some bills to pay. I don't want to log into the banking system all the time for each bill I get. So I'll just mm -hmm. collect them all on a separate list and attach the PDF of the, the bill to be paid mm -hmm. in my list manager. And as I, when I log in, I'll just go in there, open each one, pay them and, and check mm -hmm. them off as I go. So it, it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be uh, necessarily as complex as we've spoken about now. No, no. And then ju just try and find a system for you that, that is so simple that you will use it. And so simple you will find things. And uh, so complex as it needs to be for the two before to happen. Because it has to be 
and, and remember that be kind to the future you build a structure and, and take the time to rename files and folders so that it makes sense to you so when you need yeah. it that's 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 the biggest shift i think in my working uh, my experience of you know the finding stuff after is that i have slowed down i have to slow down my mental processor and start thinking how can i name this so i will find it after instead of just filing it because i'm in a rush i'm in a hurry i'm going somewhere slow down for just 10 15 20 seconds and then give it a good name and put it where it belongs and then you can relax and do whatever you want to do but just take that time that little extra time makes a huge difference when you want to look for that i don't know if you agree with me lars in this mm, well i think that's probably one of the areas where we differ the most as we've spoken about before when it comes to organizing and and, and things like that your mm. your structure is much more um well defined than than mine so i'm mm. i'm comfortable more searching than than, uh, than, yeah. than you are mm. um so so that's one of the areas where we differ um but the more i learn about it, the more curious i become especially also after the summer camp mm. discussions that we recently had so um maybe someday maybe someday yeah. i'll i'll yeah. join you <laughs> yeah well well, I'm I'm just I'm 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 not purporting that everyone should do what we just talked about. It's just suggestions, of course. This is, um, but, but and and that's why I'm saying that if you are look for what could work for you, but be really lazy about it, and and you know that invest as much time, energy, and uh, and thinking into this as you think you will get payback from your system. Yeah. Yeah. And and but there is one universal thing that I will never stop saying is that you need to make sure you give your files good names. <laughs> I don't I don't care if you're you're Mr. Guru number one in productivity. If you don't do this, uh, you will have problems finding things again. So, do you agree <laughs> with me, Lars, in this? Uh, not necessarily. No, I won't invest much time in in uh, in naming conventions. To be honest, the file search goes across the contents of the files. If I have yeah. to click three files to find the right one, that's okay for me. That that yeah. is time time saved from spending time on naming these things as opposed okay. to spending time afterwards when I search. Okay, so so if I asked you now um, that receipts for 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 uh, that clicker you bought two years ago at El Giganten. Can you find that easily? Yeah, it's in the accounting system, so yeah. Yeah, but it's as a file? Mm -hmm. Okay. And how how would you go about doing that? <laughs> you go into the finance system and find it. Okay, because what I would do is I would I will do the search on the computer-wide search, and I will go for receipt, El Giganten clicker, and it will take me less than two seconds to find that. And I think that we, we did the same example last time. And my question to you was, how often do you get people who walk in the door and ask you to find the Not receipts? Not maybe the this, but, but, but <laughs> I have just have people asking me for, for finding um, uh, contracts that we made. You and I actually made years ago, and you know which one we talk about uh, when we established uh, Producti Domac. And so having a naming convention for that, that helped. I didn't have to think. I, I knew I would find that document without a lot of clicking. So I'm just saying we are different. That's good. And, uh, and uh, now we will leave it to the listeners to choose which camp are you. Are you Lars or are you Morton? <laughs> <laughs> we'll have so, to, we, we should create a vote for this. Uh, yeah, some <laughs> a poll somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, at some point. 
let's not. I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> this is okay. Um, but um, I think this is the end of today's episode. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. We are singing for seven minutes, uh, which is a yeah, little longer wow. than beer. Yeah, yeah uh, good questions. So thanks, Bill. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Matt. Uh, thanks so Indeed. much for your questions. For anyone else who might have any questions, be sure to send them to us. Uh, podcast at utilinordic.dk. You have that email address in the show notes on any episode, whether it's questions about this or feedback about the podcast, wherever it might be. That's how you will reach both of our email inboxes. Um, and we also always wrap up these episodes by reminding you to head on over to gtdnordic.com to have a look around, find the local country websites for each of the franchisees in the Nordic region. And on those websites, you will find articles about GTD, links to the newsletters, groups on social media, and of course, all of the offerings with the speeches, coaching and seminars, both physical and virtual. And if you're outside the Nordics, gettingthingsdone.com is a good place to start to find your local partners. And lastly, as always, we really hope that you find these episodes valuable. And uh, if you do, we'd love to hear from you. If you share it with a colleague, that's great. If your podcast client supports ratings, a uh, good rating is really helping us becoming more visible to people who might also benefit from GCD. So thanks to those of you who've already done that. Well, thank you everybody for today's listening uh, to us. We we like that <laughs> you listen to us, and we are, are we are seeing an increase of subscribers. Thank you for everybody who's subscribing. Continue doing that. And, um, I hope that you get value for what we are rambling here, and that you you learn GTD or personal productivity better. And until next time, um, stay safe and stay productive. Take care, people. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.